Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by Christ in Us and Sadlier's bilingual program, Cristo in Nosotros. All children are introduced to seven strands of spirituality by some of the giants in the Catholic mystical tradition. Start your journey now at sadlierreligion.com forward slash CIU. On today's episode of Chattachesis, we're chatting with Father Tony Zimmer from St. Anthony on the Lake. Uh, And if you don't know where this is, he's going to tell you in just a moment. He's a Midwestern guy, just like myself, uh, which means we're going to have a very good conversation. It also means I'll keep my eye on the watch because Midwesterners love to chit-chat quite a bit. So (laughs) without further ado, we're going to turn it over to Father Zimmer to say anything you'd like about yourself and about St. Anthony's on the Lake. Thank you, Deacon Matt, for having me. And uh, uh, greeting to all my brother clergy uh, who are listening to this uh, podcast. Uh, I've been a priest of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee for, it's going to be 35 years, um, and I'm currently the pastor at a parish, which is a, a, a suburb, almost an exurb of the um, city of Milwaukee, about a half hour outside the downtown area. Um, it's a parish that just celebrated its 100th uh, jubilee, uh, and we're uh, what we would call um, um, the demographics of our parishes, it, it tends to be a, a wealthier area. We're in what we call lake country. We're surrounded by numerous lakes, and uh, we have about over 6,000 members here at St. Anthony. Um, it's a vibrant, growing parish. I would call it a destination parish. Many people come from, I think we draw from 46 different zip codes. Um, and uh, we have a large staff. Um with uh, about, we employ about 74 people here, including our faculty uh, at our school. Our school has about 224 students, uh, one class of every grade. We have a very active faith formation program. We do what is called a family program, which is an intergenerational program for catechesis and formation. Um, And uh, I've been the pastor here. I'm in my 11th year. Um, and I love being the pastor here. It's a vibrant, active, young community. Uh, we are demographically the youngest uh, parish in the Archdiocese. Our median age of uh, parishioners is 33. Oh, my so goodness. it's um, a lot of young families, a lot of weddings, a lot of baptisms, and not as many funerals. So um, uh, growing and thriving, um, even in the midst of the coronavirus. Yes, which any if you can find thriving right now, that's like finding a rose in the desert. So, yes, it is. Uh, how blessed you are! I got to ask, being a deacon, do you have any deacon help there at such a yes, large? Yes, we church? do. We have we have two. I have Deacon Mike Finley, and uh, uh, I also have uh, Deacon Dennis uh, Petrie, and we have one who just started uh, formation, the four year formation program, um, and his name is John Murray, and his wife's name is Missy. So. Uh, yes, and love working with the deacons. They're great help. That's good to hear. I'm glad they're working out for you because they definitely lowered the bar to let me in. So you know, I'm glad. I'm glad they're helping you out. So why don't we get to our topic today, Father Tony? Um, you, you already kind of uh, started us off on the right path with giving us a sense of the scope, the size, the vibrancy of the parish. Let's jump into talking about what is really a, a prolific issue in, in parish schools across the country. 
And that is just getting the two to work together um, to create disciples, missionary disciples. Uh, so when it comes to evangelization, faith formation, particularly with our young folks, elementary age kids, um, how do you see there at St. Anthony on the Lake, how do you see the school and the parish helping in their own respective ways to form those kids? And probably more importantly, are they collaborating to do that? Do you see that happening? Um, I know that it's a problem in many uh, faith communities where they have a parish and a school and they will, uh, the, the school families and the school community who might see themselves as being separate from the parish, um, they see it as a private school rather than a Catholic school connected mm -hmm. to a parish. Um, and uh, we've been very intentional. And I have to, I, I don't take credit for this. Uh, it was my predecessors, the priests before me and their, their staff that worked to make that a more cohesive, collaborative um, effort. So um, we don't consider ourselves as a parish or a, and then a school. We consider ourselves as a parish with a school. Mm -hmm. So uh, it starts at the grassroots level of our principal and our faith formation team, that they work together. We meet regularly. Uh, now during the COVID crisis, we, we meet uh, every single week. At the beginning in March, we were meeting daily. Yeah, daily wow, that's incredible. Just pivot with all the different uh, directives that were coming from the state of Wisconsin and the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. So, uh, but we meet regularly, we communicate often. Uh, we are each other's cheerleaders and uh, we support each other's uh, efforts within that. Um, one other thing, we, we built a new facility when, when, uh, when I was here, we had a huge capital campaign, a $6.4 million project. And within that, we wanted to make sure that the plant uh, physically resembled our effort to be more collaborative. So we do not have a faculty lounge. We have a faculty staff lounge where we all break bread together, oh, we I eat like together, we pray together. Our copy room is a joint one. Our offices are all together. They're not in separate buildings or they're not in separate spaces. They are all together and that. so that was intentional in designing that space so that we are physically together we do faculty staff in services we just did one on friday um with all of us together we pray together we have mass together uh we do um we call them patio parties uh, uh where we're able to get together and and break bread together and have a soup and salad gathering and so we, we, we work together to form community, to build trust, to build relationship, so that when it comes to developing the youth of our, and the younger people of our parish, it's a collaborative joint effort. Do you see that, I think that's tremendous, shared space, shared time together, uh, mass together, uh, doing all these things together certainly helps to build that camaraderie and rapport. I wanna jump back real quickly I think it maybe it's a rare thing, or at least it's unique to my years. So you have your school principal and your parish faith formation team meeting pretty regularly. Is that correct? Yes, we do. And what, what do they talk about? Do you have any idea? Well, we always set the agenda. We, we were part of the amazing parish process, and we use that format of agending, agenda setting. Uh, so we're a parish leadership team. We're a part of that. And so we, we, whatever the issues we're facing, we, we work on it together. 
Let me give you a good example of this. At the beginning of every year program year, we start meeting in, um, uh, at the beginning of June, we start looking at the parish-wide calendar so that we have shared space and the resources available. Then we develop a yearly theme, if you will. Mm -hmm. And this year's theme is called to be strong in spirit. So mm -hmm. the theme for the school year, uh, the t-shirt, we had face masks made with called to be strong in spirit um, for our faith formation staff and our uh, school staff. And um, so the theme is woven in the lesson plans, in the catechesis and formation. I go in the classrooms and teach about it. And then I go, we also do the same for our faith formation program. I do the same thing. Uh, so the, the uh, branding, the imaging, the theme, and it played out across the board, even liturgically. Our music is centered around it. Our prayers are centered around it. So the entire parish is wrapped around a common theme and a common image that we're going to address uh, at all levels, curriculum-wise and formation-wise. So, and by the way, just for our listeners who aren't familiar, that's Amazing Parish is the Pat Lencioni and John Martin collaboration, right? Yes. Uh, yes, and we'll definitely have a link to their website on this episode for our listeners. Mm -hmm. um, going back to the fruits of this collaboration, the fruits of this initiative for our young people, so let me, does this sound like, does this make sense to you? So if we have everyone doing the same thing, one, we get reinforcement of ideas from yes. different directions. So we get repetition, reinforcement. Um, what other sorts of fruits do you think are borne out with the young people and, and so far as forming them because you're doing all this collaboration? Well, there's an intentionality. Intentionality. In process, and when you're intentional, uh, the, the, the lesson plan, the curriculum, uh, the resources, we develop what we call a parish toolbox. So, for example, there was a group of people who gathered all the different resources that we had, everything from videos to um, uh, books to um, speakers to, uh, that we all share in that pool of resources that we can draw upon uh, at various age levels. So uh, the, the resources they got for me, for my preaching and for my teaching, um, is a great specific. So I create a PowerPoint presentation that I give to the, 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 the little kids, you know, um, usually I, uh, first grade and up. And then I adapt it to the middle school kids and I adapt it to the high school kids and then for the adults too. And then we also did the same programming for our finance council and our pastoral council. So all the leadership, they hear the same message and they get the same thing. So for example, with this uh, call to be strong in spirit, we're doing a strength finders tool. That's another oh, resource. Yeah. And so Very all helpful. of our leadership, all of our staff and our students are participating in the strength finder tool to find out what their top five strengths are so that they can discover how what those gifts are and how they can use them for the betterment of their personal life, their family life, and their faith family. Yeah. So it's a great resource. So it's just a reinforcing, it's a repetition, and by the end of the year, they know, uh, and they're getting the same message, they know uh, we're called to be strong in spirit. And, and by incorporating that strength finder, is that part of the Amazing Parish uh, thing, or is that your uh, idea? What, we didn't get it out of there. We participated in another program 
where we heard uh, the parish of St. Clement in Chicago Archdiocese was utilizing. We heard about this. We have been wanting to do it. And then we invested into the process. Time-consuming, but very well worthwhile. Time-consuming, and, and you use the key word, it is an investment. But I think, to again, back to fruits of all of this, if we can have young people at, at such a young age be able to see clear results or clear connections between what the faith they're learning and, and embodying and what that does for them, you know, how it helps Build them. Confidence. In, yes. And they, and they recognize their, you know, um, I talked about in the middle school, I talked about discerning God's call in your life and answering three questions. What brings you joy? What do other people say you're good at? And what difference do you want to make? And what do the top, your top five strengths reveal about how you can use those gifts to discern where God is calling you? Good. I love that. What brings you joy? What, do people what brings say you joy? What are you, what are you good at? Or what do the people say you're good at? And what difference do you want to make? Thank you. I love it. Um, we got to move on. I could talk more yeah. about this for the whole episode. Uh, this is fantastic. So we talked a little bit about uh, your philosophy there and how you're, you're doing faith formation between parish and school. It's expanding on this. Tell me a little bit about lifelong learning or lifelong faith formation. That's a big, uh, it's, a, yes. it's right there on your website. That's who you are. What does that mean at St. Anthony on the Lake? Well, I'm really, really blessed to work with a, a partner and a friend of mine. Her name is Dr. Kathy Amity. She gives talks all over the country. She's a good friend of Gary Picorni. You talked a little bit about him uh, here in the Archdiocese. And um, she really is the mother uh, she gave birth to this program, and she felt that the traditional drop-off program where parents drop off their kids, the kids go to the well, faith formation class on a, a, a Wednesday evening, you know, and, and then look at the clock and say, when am I out of here so I can get back home and, you know, do whatever. Uh, that was becoming um, outdated, and she wanted an opportunity for the generation to interact together uh, to to, as a family unit, uh, to learn about God and church and faith and family and how that is all integrated. So it's a, um, it's a, faith, a lifelong faith formation, meaning that uh, it's from womb to tomb. So our faith formation program, when, when the families gather, which has been a challenge during this pandemic time, but we found different ways to do it. We're utilizing um, uh, it's, 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 it's uh, uh, online and in person, but in smaller safe distancing group. But they meet as a family unit. We provide now a safe packaged meal so they don't have to prepare breakfast and things like that. They gather as a family, then they divide up into different, we have the plant to do it, but in different spaces. Mm -hmm. And they do family activities. And it's all organized with videos and prayers and activities that the parents are doing with their children. And then what happens is that they break out into sections. And so age-appropriate students go to the, with their catechists into their rooms, and they have a lesson plan specifically for their age uh, for an hour. The parents remain. They don't drop off their kids and they go home. They remain, and then a speaker of quality gives uh, a talk um, and, and to, the, to the adults in the, in the, in the session. And uh, then the children come back and we end up together. Uh, and so it's, it's a format that takes that theme of the year, mm -hmm. plays it out through the year, 
and then uh, it's a gathering of, of the family. And then what we do is we try to make that a lifelong formation. So even if the parents, the children have quote unquote graduated from the program, you know, yeah. we still have what is called an emeritus group, but that the parents can still come. It's an adult formation group geared toward them where they can continue to learn and grow. And uh, uh, so it's lifelong. Uh, and so we're very intentional in providing it for the youngest of kids. We have a lot of preschool programs, uh, moms groups, uh, but then we also have formation and opportunities for those who have recently lost a loved one. Um, uh, so it's, it's uh, a womb to tomb, and we're always looking for the missing gap as to what age group, what segment we're not reaching. Uh, that, so Kathy has been wonderful in developing that program with her whole team. Wonderful. Yeah, she, she sounds like a real blessing to your parish. Um, as far as that gap, so I've got to ask, because I'm, I'm guessing some of our listeners, when you, when you said that, probably had the same question. Um, have you had any success uh, with trying to find those elusive uh, young adults and where they are and what they're doing? Are, are, what, are you having any luck uh, in that regard? It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Uh, uh, we were invited to... Uh, 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 be uh, a part of an initiative, um, uh, and it was uh, um, it was. Uh, I can find the book here. Um, it was. Um, Just stay by uh, the microphone if you can. There you go. Yeah, um, it, we are part of another uh, cohort learning experience where uh, uh, we focused on millennial discipleship, and um, uh, it was a three-year program, and we had to come up with plans specifically to deal with the millennials. So, um, uh, and I don't want to say deal with, that's a terrible way to put it. It's not like it's a, a chore. Yeah, they're not, they're uh, not a problem. No, they're not. They're, yeah. they're wonderful. And yeah. uh, how we engage, that's the better word, um, how to engage the millennial generation. And it really isn't even the millennial generation anymore either. No, now we're at generation Z. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a tip going down the alphabet or whatever. Yep. And um, so we, we had um, listening sessions, we had uh, uh, programming designed, um, and it, what we learned were that our young adult community really are the recently married, uh, those who are having children. So what we tried to do is really engage uh, those people who are um, in marriage preparation, we have a great ministry, it's a marriage ministry program that we have for them that they can uh, um, participate in uh, social activities because a lot of it is social with them. Uh, we've done a lot of theology on tap, uh, those things, you know, and we also done the alpha program. That was a big, big effort on our part. If I can jump in real quick, especially with alpha, alpha. Successful, yep. not successful? Very successful. We had about, I would say, so far, um, about 500 people wow. go through the Alpha program. Um, but the challenge with Alpha is that, you know, you meet with the small group, you watch these videos, and uh, they discuss, and they break bread together and everything. Of course, that was a challenge during the COVID. We had to put that on hold. Mm -hmm. But the challenge is that once the 11-part the series is over, what's next? Because they want to continue to get gather and meet, and so that has been a challenge for us to, to sustain that um, 
small group face sharing opportunities within mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. that has been a challenge. Um, I will say of all the demographics that has been most challenging, it is with the young adult community because um, uh, we're not situated in an urban setting, in a campus setting. Uh, so we're in Lake Country, which is, you know, ex-urban. So, um, but, uh, and it's hard with this schedule. They're yeah. extremely busy and that has been, so um, we've attempted and will continue to do so, uh, but primarily through marriage and uh, baptism and uh, those kind of uh, front door opportunity. Wonderful. So we've got one more question here and we're doing great on time. We've got about seven minutes left here in our program. Uh, some might call this a softball question. I don't think it is at all. I think it's very interesting uh, what you're doing. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to be fun to talk about. I'm really intrigued by the What's Your Story podcast, the, the initiative. Can you, can you talk about that within the context of the role of witness today? Do you see the role of witness as being more important now than ever? Meaning, let's start with families. How critical is it in your mind that parents give a witness to their children of the value of their faith? Uh, they might not be able to theologize. They might not remember their catechism. But if they can say why, in their own words, they continue to go to Mass, why, in their own words, they continue to turn to God in good and bad times, do you think that that value, witness value, particularly from our parents, is more critical now than ever, especially since we just, we just finished a little bit talking about that, the elusive younger generations? Um, and where does this podcast fit into all of that? Mm -hmm. um, well, first of all, the era of the Baltimore Catechism is over. You know, we don't, uh, people don't know the, the definitive answer to a definitive question. So, of course, uh, um, uh, we need to uh, rely on our stories, our journeys of faith, to be able to tell the good news and uh, provide the, um, the platform to do that. Um, I remember the musical Into the Woods uh, by Stephen Sondheim. And uh, one of the songs in that uh, musical is um, Children Will Listen. And it says, the lyrics said, careful the things you say, children will listen. Careful the things you do, children will see. So the power of witness, and as St. Francis has always said, preach the good news, preach the gospel, if necessary, use words. So we look for the witness of people's lives, you know. So um, how do they live out their faith? We have a sister parish in, in Pira, uh, Peru, that we've had a relationship for 20 years. And every year they come up, they come up, and every year we go down, we send a team down. And uh, the witness of parents uh, going and taking their kids along with them, um, uh, the witness that we do a lot of outreach, a lot of service, uh, the witness of their parents uh, serving the poor, um, reaching out, we do every summer. We do four mission trips for our youth, and they go to various places in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and around the country. And uh, uh, and they come back, and the first thing they do is they give witness. They come back and they tell the story. What did you see? What did you learn? How are you different? And 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 consistently. So on our retreat, there are witness talks and testimonials from youth and from adults. In our masses, we utilize the the, the, the the ambo as an opportunity for people to tell their story. Um, 
we utilize it um, on this podcast, What's Your Story? That came out of an initiative uh, with an organization called Vibe and Faith. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I'm not, um, no. You can, Matt, but uh, um, uh, a man by the name of John Roberto. Oh, uh, I am. Yes, 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 yes. He's yes. a part of that initiative. Yes. And we invited, we were one of 24 parishes to be invited to be a part of that initiative. And it was a, what we call C3 initiative, creating a culture of calling, the three C's. And out of that, we wanted to create an environment in our community where people can tell their story. And out of telling the story, we come to discover our own story and most of all connect it to the story of God's love for us. So this is a platform where people can, we tap on their shoulders and we say, um, come and tell your story. And they're just short uh, little snippets of people sharing uh, uh, how God has worked in their life. Um, and out of that, I think, comes a, uh, a calling. You know, not only a vocation in the traditional sense of the word of, of single life, married life, or, or uh, religious life, but uh, how is God calling you to do what brings you joy, uh, what, what you're good at, and what your passion is, and how you're going to use it to make a difference. So it's a discovery process. And um, um, so it, it, it's very intentional to help people to tell the story, give them a platform, and then help people to listen to it. Well, I love it. The Alpha Small Groups is also a part of that, sharing the story. Well, it seems like, uh, and we have what well, looks like maybe about a two, almost two minutes left. I'll just say this. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful initiative. It's a wonderful resource, that podcast. I hope it continues uh, indefinitely. Because I think there are two parts to, to sort of um, evangelization. If, it's, if we use the gospel as our paradigm or model, you have the encounter with Christ, and then you go and proclaim about the good news, the thing that happened. You talk about mm -hmm. the encounter. Indeed, I think we're great indeed. on the first part of it, but we don't encourage the, se the second or last part of it, which it sounds yeah. like you're really doing. And don't we need it more than ever these days? That's mm -hmm. my thing, you know. Uh, people are suffering, they're feeling isolated, they're feeling depressed, they're feeling uh, withdrawn, and they're not feeling connected. And this is a way to connect, you know, uh, thank God for Zoom, you know, that we're, we're, we're able to connect at least that way for now. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's, it's an evangelization tool that connects us to each other, to ourselves, most of all to, to our God. Mm -hmm. Well, Father Tony, uh, we're hitting the end mark here, and let me just say it's been a wonderful and quick uh, 25 minutes with you. Very information-filled, inspirational. I think we've got some good resources here we're going to try to link to. After we cut the recording, I'm, I need to ask you a couple things to make sure we sure. can link to, link to them for our listeners. Um, thank you again for myself and for our listeners. Would you please offer us your blessing? Absolutely. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to enlighten the hearts and minds of uh, our faithful listeners, our brother clergy. I ask that you be with them and guide them in their effort to lead and shepherd their flocks in these difficult times. I pray that uh, they uh, remain connected, uh, connected to their God and their prayer life, connected to their flock and connected to their support network that allow them to be refreshed and renewed in this 
very challenging effort to be church. So we ask your blessings upon them for health and for happiness and for the strength and stamina they need to continue to serve you and your kingdom. We ask your blessings upon them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And thank you again, Father Zimmer and everyone at St. Anthony on the Lake. And thank you, listeners. This is the end of our episode of Chattachesis, and we look forward to being with you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Cristo in Nosotros at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.